Yes, uh, the, the question is about Candace Owens. I think her behavior during this is disgraceful. Without a doubt. I can't pause that. Yeah. I posted a video for Trump, right, mm -hmm. on my personal social media, and one of our big sponsors called and said, "Take that down." You know what I said? Go f yourself. What's going on, everybody? We have an interesting show for you today. Second, we're going to talk about the Theo Vaughn Dana White podcast. I heard a few interesting things I wanted to talk about, but the first story we're going to talk about is. A video appeared of Ben Shapiro basically saying that he thinks that Candace Owens is disgraceful over her analysis of Israel-Palestine. What's he upset at? We have a few clips that it might be. Today's Dream Rare podcast starts now. It's the Dream Rare podcast. Welcome to the show. The way to get the news at the desk or on the road. Let's go. God is great and success in our control. The world is crazy, but we get better from obstacles. What's going on today, folks? Hope you're having a beautiful day. I wanted to do two things real quick before I played some of the clips of Ben and Candace because I have a follow-up from Gavin Newsom's little OPEC uh, bonanza he's having over in San Francisco. So apparently a foreign TV crew was robbed while covering APEC summit in San Francisco, and it was a Czech news crew. So Gavin Newsom cleans up the streets, right? He tries to make it look good for all his foreign buddies, and they come to San Francisco thinking they're coming to some great American city and they get robbed at gunpoint. How embarrassing is that, that we can't even host an event for foreign countries without having them robbed at gunpoint? That's the type of stuff that happens in San Francisco every single day to people who live there. And I hope that the awareness that this brings makes Gavin Newsom and the San Francisco mayor actually try to solve the problems instead of make them worse. So I just wanted to show that. Second thing I wanted to show you today was very interesting. I saw a lot of people tweeting this Wall Street Journal op-ed and the op-ed in the Wall Street Journal said that America and Europe should take in a bunch of um, refugees from Gaza and from Palestine. And I wanna show you something that you're not gonna see on 99% of conservative pages, um, but it's interesting. Here, I'll just show you. So Don Jr. tweeted this. He said, no freaking way. It's a Wall Street Journal opinion piece. It says the West should welcome Gaza refugees, Europe and the U.S. accepted millions that fled earlier war wars. And the article is by Danny Danan and Ram Ben Barak. So I was just curious because I was like, wait, the West should accept a bunch of Gaza refugees. So who wrote the article? I literally just Googled it because I was curious. The one guy, Ramban Barak, is a Israeli politician, former member of Israel Security Forces. He was a deputy director of Mossad and worked for their intelligence. And Danny is apparently part of the Likud party, which is Benjamin Netanyahu's party. So I just found that fascinating because Don Jr., everybody was tweeting out like, oh, my gosh, this article sucks. Like, why, why are they telling us to take all these refugees from Palestine? And it's actually government members or former government members of Israel that are writing op-eds in the Wall Street Journal saying that America and Europe should take in millions of refugees. And the weird part is they always tell us like, oh, these Palestinians, they're all Hamas, they're all crazy. Like, you know, we don't want them. Egypt doesn't want them. They're terror, you know, it's gonna hit Europe and America if you guys don't watch yourselves and do what we want you to do with the war, et cetera. And it's like, okay, so they're a bunch of crazies, right? And then it's like, but you take them now. You know what I'm saying? Like you take, you know, if Europe and America took, refugees from other wars why why don't you guys want these refugees and it's like i hope people are 
figuring out like a lot of what's going on is very interesting. A lot of these narratives don't really make sense. It's like on one hand, you want us to think that these people are so dangerous and horrible that you and the countries around you don't want them. And then you have foreign governments essentially writing op-eds in the Wall Street Journal telling conservatives that they should want to take the refugees in. Very fascinating stuff, folks. You're not going to see that on most conservative channels. Um, here's Ben Shapiro. I don't know if this is like a donor meeting or a party. I'm not really sure where he's at or what he's talking, or like who he's talking in front of. Um, but here's him basically calling his co-worker, Candace Owens, someone that works for the same company as he does, disgraceful because of her Israel-Palestine stances. And we're going to try to listen to some of them and figure out what Ben is so upset about. But here's him just constantly slandering Candace Owens, who, by the way, Candace uh, was right about the pharmaceutical industry and Ben Shapiro made a video and said, oh, you know, I'm wrong. I, I got fooled. I got fooled by the government. Pfizer, they lied about their data. It's not my fault. I'm a robot. And it's like, so I knew I knew that they were lying because Pfizer has a history of lying and, the, and you trusted the government and Pfizer. So you know, it's like for his track record of getting so many things wrong the past couple of years, you would think he had some respect for people like Candace Owens who got him right. You know, while he was constantly just parroting Pfizer and government propaganda, Candace was right the whole time. But, you know, I guess self-awareness isn't really Ben's strong suit. So he just keeps slandering and belittling his coworker who's way smarter and more honest than him. But whatever. Uh, here's the clip. Yes. Uh, the, the question is about Candace Owens. I think her behavior during this administration. I think that I think that her her faux sophistication on these particular issues has been ridiculous. It's not faux sophistication, it's ridiculous. Everybody can see the moves that she's making and the things that she's saying, and I find them disreputable. So her faux sophistication is just so reprehensible, but Ben Shapiro's faux sophistication about the pharmaceutical industry or a lot of things that he's constantly wrong and just blabbering about, that's okay. You know, he doesn't, it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't Ben's fault for being wrong during the pandemic. It was, as he said, the government and Pfizer's fault because, you know, a really smart guy like Ben who debates 19 year old blue haired depressed liberals on college campus at in his thirties, you know, he's so smart. But, you know, it, it's just like, how did how did he not know that the government and Pfizer, I mean, they just tricked him. Right. But, you know, how could he have known that the government and Pfizer would lie besides all of human history? You know, it's just it's, that's not faux sophistication, though. Trust me, that's just just sheer conservatism right there. But um, what's he upset about? What's Candace been saying? To be completely honest, I haven't listened to Candace's show in a while, so I wasn't even sure what stances made him mad. But I do follow Candace on Twitter and I know that she's taking a very controversial stance in the Republican Party because she believes in the First Amendment, which apparently is not very popular. You, you would think it was, but I figured this out in 2019 that people like Ben Shapiro and Dave Rubin and a lot of conservatives, even Trump and DeSantis, it's like the First Amendment and your right to protest is really important, except for Zionism is something that the Republican Party prioritizes above that. And that's just the truth. I'm not being hateful. I'm not being rude. It's just like the First Amendment only matters so far that that comes in line. And if that comes in line, they'll use the same exact excuses that the left uses to take away your constitutional rights. So I figured that out. And people like Nikki Haley make it obvious, right? She sits up there and she says, and she tweets all the time. She says, um, um, what does she say? Israel doesn't need America. America needs Israel. 
okay, then why are you serving in America's government? Like, it's like, that's fine. Okay. You know, I don't care if you think that, but like Nikki Haley, it's like, we get it. You hate us, Nikki Haley. We, you, we get it. You like that country so much. That's cool. You should like that country, but it's just like saying that they don't need us. We need them. It's just, you know, that's why I always say she should be a barista in Tel Aviv because it's a little bit more her speed. But anyway, um, Here's a few clips I found. I sped them up because the copyright's pretty insane. Sometimes they take my streams down. Here's a few things that she said. Uh, Candace noticed that Nikki Haley doesn't like this country. And also she made a few pretty edgy statements about, you know, Ben not allowing for a discussion in, in certain categories. There's more, but this is the clip that I have. Well, I'm here today to endorse Nikki Haley for president of Israel. I think she's earned that. I think Bibi Netanyahu, I because I have so Jewish yeah. friends that are pro-Israel and I have Jewish friends mm -hmm. that say that they are, they just do not support Zionism at all and that they think that the creation mm -hmm. of the Israel state is something that is political and has nothing to do with actually the Jewish faith at all. And so mm -hmm. I listen to both of those sides. I try to hear both of those voices. And right. I don't think having a different perspective makes any person less Jewish. And I think it's been problematic to hear, and this is not you, this is a criticism towards you, mm -hmm. when they say, well, to even have that perspective makes you not Jewish because it's so reminiscent right. for me of me saying I'm a black conservative. And they say, I, oh, well, even I, to be a black Republican, my grandfather grew up in a segregated South. And so when I'm walking mm -hmm. through Jerusalem and you see, and they say, these are the Muslim quarters. This is where the Muslims are right. allowed to live. Live, that doesn't mm -hmm. feel like a bastion of freedom to me. I mean, she said a lot more than that, but you could hear there's a lot of like edgy stances being taken in that. And I think with Israel, it's interesting because let me give you an example. The only Chinese country is China, right? You don't have like a million Chinese countries. It's like China's mostly Chinese and that's pretty much the Chinese country. Like not saying Chinese people can't live anywhere else. Of course they can. But like, what do you think of when you think of Chinese people? Which country do they run? Oh, China. Oh, yeah, you win. Okay, congratulations. Who wants to be a billionaire? But it's like if you disagree with China, whether you're Chinese or not, they wouldn't call you anti-China-netic or something. You know what I'm saying? Like you're anti-Chinese because you disagree with the Chinese government. Even if you're Chinese in America, you're allowed to do that because you're an American citizen before you're a Chinese citizen and you're allowed to have an opinion whether you like them or not. Um, but the only country that that doesn't apply to is Israel. They say, well, we're the only Jewish country. So if you, you know, counter us in any sort of way that we deem problematic, we're just going to call you anti-Semitic and anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism, they always say. And it's like they say, if you say that Judaism isn't Zionism, they'll say that you're anti-Semitic. I don't know. It's like same with Christians. They'll be like, you can't be a Christian if you don't do that. Here's my personal uh, stance, which I think is factually correct you know, Christianity is not Zionism and Judaism is not Zionism. And my proof for that is that Judaism has existed for thousands of years before Theodore Herschel came up with the idea for Zionism and Lord Balfour gave the land to Lord Rothschild in the 1900s. Look it up. The Balfour Declaration gave the land to Lord Rothschild to create the, you know, the Zionist state. So I'm not, I don't care if you're pro-Zionist or you're critical of them, like that's for you to decide and how many smear articles you want them to write about you. But in general, um, Judaism has been around for thousands of years and Christianity has been around for a long time. So I don't know that they equal each other the same way Nikki Haley and a lot of people will say. So, you know, I'm not saying you have to have a stance on them. I just don't think saying that Christianity is that and Judaism is that is accurate. And, you know, I don't it's not when it comes to Judaism, there are most Jews obviously support Israel, but there are a lot of like I would say probably millions in the world that are critical of them and don't agree with what their government's doing. And I don't know. I mean, I think they have the First Amendment right to do that as long as they do it peacefully. 
but we're living in a world now where there's a lot of, I would say, exaggerations of what's going on. And they try to basically say, if you say this, you mean this, and this is this. So then you shouldn't be allowed to do that on a college campus. And one of the things that Candace said in another video that I don't have is she was saying like for years and for decades, like the college campuses have been insane and they've been pushing so much left-wing propaganda. You know, a lot of their stuff, it seems like they're very biased against white people and they're pushing so much racial activism and all these donors didn't care until the Palestine protests and then they pull their money out. And it's like, what does that say to the average person? Like, you don't care about this, 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 we're dealing with all this stuff for 20 years. And the second it comes to a foreign nation, you pull the money out and start freaking out. And it's like, you know, I think there's a valid point to be made there and everyone has the right to donate to who they want to. But, you know, just talking about it, you know, makes Ben Shapiro really upset. Like he doesn't want to have those conversations. And, uh, Candace clearly does. I want to play this clip real quick because, you know, I've never been like a huge fan of Ben Shapiro, but I'm also not a hater. I think he does do some things very well. But I figured out in 2019 that Ben Shapiro was a huge hypocrite. So now that like people like God Saad and Dave Rubin and all these like Sam Harris, these fake intellectuals are like, you know, exposing who they really are and showing that they never actually believed that things that they told you, like everybody's starting to figure it out now. And it's like, oh, that's so in it. I figured this out four years ago, just off of basic common sense and, and basic obvious stuff. I don't care which countries Ben likes or dislikes. Like I'm not telling him who to be or what country to like, but Ben will call it hate speech. If you say what he's doing, like he does something and then he won't allow you to say it. Here's a video. I just want to show you real quick what I mean. And he has every right to feel this way. I have no problem with it. My problem is his hypocrisy and the fact that he gets so upset when people talk about it. So here's Ben saying the reason that he's loyal to America is Israel's existence. But then he'll call you anti-Semitic for saying he has loyalty to Israel. But then if you're Jewish and you don't have loyalty to Israel, Ben Shapiro hates you. So it's like he makes you have loyalty to Israel or else he smears you. But if you if you say that anyone has loyalty to Israel, Ben Shapiro has stated that that's anti-Semitism and Ben Shapiro never says anything about the anti-Semitism speech laws being passed through government because Ben probably supports them because he regurgitates them, even though they make no sense at all. Let's take a watch of the video and we'll look at what I'm saying. Ever wonder if one day you'll have to flee the United States? I mean, I think that every Jew throughout world history who has a brain and knows history has always wondered if a country that is not a Jewish state is going to eternally provide them security guarantees and full citizenship, of course. I mean, that, that's, uh, I think, to, to think that that's why the existence of the state of Israel is the single greatest guarantor of my loyalty to the United States, frankly. Uh, I think to, to think that that's why the existence of the state of Israel is the single greatest guarantor of my loyalty to the United States, frankly. That, that's why the existence of the state of Israel is the single greatest guarantor of my loyalty to the United States, frankly. Right? Because Israel exists, that means the United States is going to be a more welcoming place for me because Israel is there as a backstop in case anything should go wrong. He says stuff like that, which is fine, but then he tweets and he says, American Jews, whether ethnic or religious, are loyal to America, not Israel. He says any dual loyalty supposition is anti-Semitism. So even though he says he's loyal, it, it, it's anti-Semitic for you to say that. And weirdly enough, exactly what Ben Shapiro tweeted there in 2019 was being passed through legislation around the same exact time by Trump and DeSantis. And Ben Shapiro never says anything because he probably supports it. Here's the State Department website. It has exactly almost the exact same definition that Ben Shapiro talks about. So he'll say, you know, this is why I have loyalty to America. 
if you're my race or my religion, you should have loyalty to Israel. But then if you say, Ben, do you do you have loyalty to Israel? Like it sounds like it. I'm not even mad at it. I don't care. Uh, some Christians have loyalty to Israel. There's nothing wrong with it. Do you? And then he'll freak out and be like, oh my God, that's anti-Semitic. I told you that's anti-Semitic. You're not allowed to say that. It's like, but you said it. So it's the sheer hypocrisy and disingenuousness of Ben Shapiro saying all this sort of stuff. You could listen to interviews. And Ben said the first reason he got involved in politics in America was because he heard them talking about Israel on college campus and he wrote an article about it. It was his support of Israel that got him involved in American politics under his own admittance. But then if you say that, Ben Shapiro thinks that that's a hate speech violation. So I think Ben Shapiro is getting really, really upset that Candace Owens isn't just a generic conservative that's just saying what everyone else wants to say. And she's asking interesting questions. And honestly, she's pushing the boundaries, just like Ben Shapiro does, just like anyone does. There's some things that Candace says that I listen to. And I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't say it that way. But that's why Candace Owens is Candace Owens. And I'm me. I'm sure she watches my videos and thinks, I wouldn't say it that way, or I wouldn't have said that, or I don't believe that. And it's okay for everybody to, uh, you know, disagree on some topics. But I think that this is one that is just truly, truly fascinating. It's like Thomas Massey's the only one in Congress who isn't like completely sold out. You have people like Donald Trump. He'll go on radio interviews. I, I don't have the clip, but you can find it if you look hard enough. He says that Israel used to literally own Congress and now they don't because of Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib. And it's like, if you look at the votes, it's like 10 people. It's Thomas Massey, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, AOC, Jamal Bowman, the guy who pulled the fire alarm. It's like 90 something percent of Congress votes with APAC, which is the Israel lobby in Israel. And the fact that like 10 people don't pisses off Donald Trump and he wants everybody to and he thinks it's better that way. And it's like, but then if you say that that's happening, that's anti-Semitism. And it's like, it's just very exhausting. And I would say this as an American citizen, I think people should be able to legally protest both sides of that war because it's America. Um, but if you say that Dave Rubin and Ben Shapiro get mad at you because they're total hypocrites, you know, and it's like having any sort of intellectual conversation about that topic at all freaks them out because they don't want to have a conversation about it. They want to dominate the discussion and smear everybody with the same tactics that the left smears them with. And I want to say this. I saw that there was a big pro-Israel rally or protest in D.C., and I know a week ago or two weeks ago, there was a Palestine protest. And here's the part that is a little annoying to me as an American on both sides. I don't care. I think you should exercise your right, whether you're pro-Israel or you're pro-Palestine, as long as you're doing it peacefully and legally. Um, but D.C. is a dump. And, you know, why are American citizens yelling at each other over foreign countries and they can't even fix their own city? Whether you're an Israel supporter or a Palestine supporter, if you go to D.C. and leave, it's going to be the same dump it was before you got there. And you got people in shitty cities like San Francisco protesting for Palestine and saying it's like you can do it. I, I support your right to do it to the point where people are calling me names because I support your right to do it. But shouldn't you clean your city? Like, why is no one? ever caring about our country you know like isn't it weird that our cities suck and nobody cares and then it's like everyone fights over ukraine and now they're fighting over israel and it's just like at what point is america allowed to care about america and you have in the wall street journal a foreign government writing op-eds saying that america should take refugees right and if you question that they'll call you anti-Semitic. It's like, no, that's our greatest ally. You can't ever disagree with that or point it out or note. It's like, it's so annoying. You know what I'm saying? I don't care. They could write an op-ed, but it's like, if I say 
that I think the First Amendment's absolute and I disagree with the anti-Semitism speech rules being passed through government, they'll write 15 articles about me and smear me and say I'm an anti-Semite. And I would say that, that, you know, but then it's like, you can't say that they're doing it. You can't say this. You can't say that. You can't say, it's like nothing, you know, it's so ridiculous. So this is a weird conflict for multiple reasons, but the left, you know, they're pro-Palestine, but I'm reading some of the stuff they're saying and they're like, I'm not listening to white people anymore. I'll never quote a white man again. It's like, okay, you know, and then the Israel side, you got Dave Rubin, Gad Sad, Ben Shapiro, you know, they're doing stuff. They're being hypocrites. They're freaking out because they're losing the discussion. So they're trying to censor more and do stuff. Nikki Haley's trying to like dox everybody on the internet. And it's like, you know, it's okay. I'm, I'm just here to say, I mean, you don't have to listen to me, but it's okay to realize that like, you know, if you have Coke and Pepsi in front of you and you want a water, you don't have to pretend like one of them's water, you know, and that goes with the Democrat and Republican Party, Trump, DeSantis. It's not a black pill. You're not being a doom and gloomer. It's just the truth. You know, if you have a Coke in front of you and a Pepsi in front of you and someone says that they're water and they're really healthy for you and you say, no, they're not. And they say, oh, you're just being pessimistic. No, you're being honest and everyone else is lying. So if you have an allegiance to another country or you have a strong emotional, religious, racial connection to that foreign country or whatever, knock yourself out. I'm not going to call you a racist. I don't really care what people like, who they support. Some people wave Armenian flags in the streets every year. Do your thing. It's just like, you know, stop being a hypocrite about it. That's all I ask. If you're going to do it, don't say that it's hate speech to say that you're doing it. You know, like Ben Shapiro does. He's like, here's how I feel. But if you say that I feel this way or suppose that I feel this way, that's, you know, a hate speech rule that I agree with that's being passed through government that I'll never talk about because, and it's like, whoa, that's kind of crazy. You know, I posted that in Israel, they're doing what Ukraine did, which is like, if you disagree with the government agenda on war, they can arrest you. They could steal your property and throw you in jail. That doesn't sound like a democracy to me. So I just I just posted a thing about it. And a lot of like people in my comments that are living in Israel or they're American Israeli dual citizens, they were all commenting, say, oh, this is a good law. How dare you even talk about it? And it's like, whoa, I live in the United States of America and I have American citizens getting mad at me for noticing that they could throw people in jail for having the wrong opinion on war. You think that's okay? I don't. You know what I'm saying? And that power that you think is used over there, if that gets used here, it could be used by Joe Biden. It could be used by Trump and he could do bad stuff like he did during the pandemic and just be the controlled opposition, like little clown, you know? And, and it's like, I don't think the government needs that power. If you do, it's fine. But I'm shocked at how many conservatives, quote unquote, are totally okay with a police state as long as it goes in favor of their agenda. And then it always flips around and then they hate it. So another thing I saw too is Speaker Mike Johnson I saw that he, uh, he, I don't know if he hired somebody or one of his main advisors is like some pharmaceutical, like, you know, guy. And it's like, Matt Getz is acting like he did some huge grave service to you. He's like, Oh, let's look at, look at my, look at my documentary. I, I owned Kevin McCarthy. It's like you kicked out Kevin McCarthy, which is fine. I don't care. And you replaced him with someone who's probably just as bad, if not worse. All I'm asking is don't act like you're freaking you know, like Jesse Owens just winning a gold medal. Like you didn't do anything. You're just like everyone else in Congress. You're just putting on a show. You know what I'm saying? And this guy's corrupt, but you're too busy celebrating your premiere of your do doofy documentary. And then I got people crying on Twitter when I say that. They're like, anomaly, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, I get it. It's a big hangout. Everybody just wants to hang out and, you know, pretend like they're doing something. Go do that. But let's, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm playing basketball with adults here. And then I got like a little, you know, a grown man acting like a little boy saying, can I play with my Fisher Price net? 
you can do that, but don't come to Big Boy Court, okay? This is Anomaly Show, Dream Rare Podcast. This is Big Boy Court. We, we have real intellectual conversations that are five layers above what these morons are doing. So if you're going to be a moron like these guys crying to me on Twitter, I don't care. It's just like, don't come to my court with a little basketball and a little frister price neck. Go play with the kids, okay? You know, go go hang out, get your little awards and wear your fancy you know, fancy pants and your fancy shirt and, you know, dress up and go to the premiere. I don't care. You know, I'll go to a premiere sometime, but, uh, yeah, that's, let me know what you guys think. I'm going to read a few comments after this. Here's a clip of Dana. I played it at the beginning, but Dana White did a Theo Vaughn's podcast and it was, it was really good. There was a lot of interesting stuff, but this was a good part. And then I'll say a few others if you want to check it out. I posted a video for Trump, right? Mm -hmm. On my personal social media. And one of our big sponsors called and said, take that down. You know what I said? Go f*** yourself. Dana also said that during COVID that everybody was laying people off. And Dana said, I actually care about my employees. How am I going to act like I care about everybody and then lay everybody off? And what Dana said, he's like, either this ship goes down together or, or we go down separate. And you don't have to agree with everything Dana White does. But if people like this were in business and conservative men were the men they pretend to be when they talk and they go to Trump rallies and wear hats and stuff, you know, the pandemic could have ended two years prior. Like Dana White took a huge gamble. He said, I'm not laying off a single employee. We're conducting business as normally as we possibly can during the pandemic. We're going to work with people like DeSantis in Florida who let us do or foreign countries. And he goes, you know, if if we all rise together, which they did, he took a huge risk and he won massively. The UFC is doing amazing now. You know, we all win together. And if we lose, we're all sinking together. I'm not going to take a raise and fire a thousand employees. You know, Dana White is a real American legend for doing that during the pandemic. And he won big. But even if he would have lost, you know, we all if we all did it together, we could have beat this three years in advance. But it's like you have very few men who are willing to take that risk. They'll be like, oh, well, you know, I'll save myself. I'll fire 20 of my good employees or this or that. And it's like, that's why they get away with it. They get away with it because there's not enough people that are willing to risk it all for what they believe. And that's true honor. That's integrity. That's, you know, something that men used to have. It's like, if you look at old buildings and they're so beautiful and amazing, like people used to have pride in their work because they didn't want to do trust. Now, everybody's just building squares. It's like how... How many people can we fit in this for how much money and the architecture sucks? And it's like, you know, we need to get back to those days of honor where you're like, we're doing this for the right reasons. I was talking with my buddy the other day and it's like, you know, the way I'm built, do I want to be poor? Of course not. Who does? You know what I'm saying? I mean, most people don't unless you're like a monk and you really have it figured out. But at the same time, I prioritize what I believe and what I think is right over money. And that's what most people don't do, you know? And that's why the country sucks. Cause like, well, if I do this, then I might lose this. It's like, but what if you lose the favor of God? What if you do the wrong thing and you hurt people with your, your selling out? Like, what if you become exactly who you hate? Isn't that scarier to you than like losing money? You know, cause what's scary to me is having a bad reputation, having a collapse, a spiral collapse like Sam Harris. Cause nothing I say is real. Like that should be scarier to people like losing their integrity and their courage versus like, oh, I need an extra dollar. Let's sell it, you know? So listening to Dana was inspiring because he really, um, he said that I didn't fire a single employee during COVID and I'm one of the few business owners who did that. He also talked about Bud Light, which was interesting and said why he partnered with them. And he made a good point where he said, he talked about all the good things Bud Light did, but then he said that day with Dylan Mulvaney, they had 2,500 influencers there and they gave everyone a can. You know what I'm saying? So 
it's interesting. I mean, you could still hate them or disagree with them. Personally, I don't drink Bud Light because I think it tastes like piss water. And uh, I like, it's like a coffee. I like a black coffee with a lot of taste. Some people like it watered down. Nothing wrong with it. I just like the taste of coffee. You know what I'm saying? Give me a black, give me Ethiopia, like wherever, Colombia. Some people want it watered down. Bud Light's like watered down beer. It's not, I'm not interested in it. But however, it was an interesting discussion overall. And, uh, you know, the Dana White discussion with Theo and the Elon discussion with Joe, there's a lot of interesting stuff in there. Definitely two good listens, a lot of uh, ins inspirational stuff. Um, I'm going to read a few. Someone said Anomaly, the IPA drinker. I'm not a big beer fan, to be honest. Beer, it doesn't, I don't know. I try to drink the healthiest thing I could find, but if it's not healthy, it's whatever. I'm, I'd rather an IPA than a Bud Light for sure. Someone said coffee is anti-Semitic. I don't know if that's true, but probably there probably is a brand that is though, you know, or they'll say it is. I don't know. I don't know what brand that would be, but if, uh, if Kanye makes a coffee brand, I'm sure that that'll get bad press, you know, <laughs> someone said drinking is for losers. I mean, if you drink every day, that's probably not a good sign, but I'm not going to act like I'm holier than thou. I like a drink every now and then just not every day, you know, I guess, but everybody's got their little thing they do to unwind. Mm. Someone said integrity has been lost to the almighty dollar. I think that that's true. Um, sipping on Monaco's right now. Nice. If you believe Dana got the same jab as this blue face, did he get vaccinated? I don't know. Did he say he got vaccinated and then regretted it or something? I, I didn't listen to that part, but, uh, I mean, I don't either way. I don't, I'm responsible for me. Um, the, you know, I don't agree with everything everyone says anyway, but I don't care. Like if he did get it maybe to travel or something like that's on him. Mm, someone said ABL has some clips of Candace that he thinks triggered him. There's other ones out there. I mean, I didn't want to put too much because when I put too much in, they take all the money from my video, but then also sometimes they take my stream down. And, uh, you know, now I'm trying to be careful with how much clips I use. I would love to show you guys more from certain interviews, but then they're very sensitive with like, you know, they got artificial intelligence, basically like scanning the video. And if it registers as something else, then they, you get what I'm saying? Um, let me see. Hello, Mr. Anomaly. Bless you. I like your work. Thank you. Retro AI. Um, you should get Candace on your show again. I'm sure she'll come on another time for sure. Um, we'll see what happens with the daily wire and Candace. I mean, I think Candace is a powerhouse and she has a lot of leverage in that situation. Ben, is he a part owner? Does he like, I don't know how much of daily wire he owns. Cause I know Jeremy boring owns it. They've, you know, he said things about Candace for years and Candace has always taken the high road. Like she, he was bad mouthing her during the Kanye stuff. Uh, or yay artist formerly known as Kanye he's always taking jabs at, at, at Candace and she never really says much about him so I think I don't you know I'm sure they'll be fine maybe they like the dynamic that they disagree on stuff that's healthy for a media company but seems like Ben is the one that's constantly like you know doing like little jabs he's like that's reprehensible that's disgraceful I am Ben Shapiro robot 5000 that is so disgraceful that somebody disagrees with my foreign policy that's really messed up, especially because you can't say that I do what I do. If you say that I do what I do, that's hate speech. And I don't believe in hate speech, but I do believe in hate speech. And I think everybody should be able to speak at college campus, except for students who disagree with my foreign policy. And I'll debate 19 year old girls. And if I ever debate somebody on the BBC that actually is smart, I'll just leave the interview and say that it's not a good faith interview. It's like, 
Whoa, okay. If you want to, everyone has a right. I just want to let you guys know real quick. Um, hopefully this is the right sweatshirt. Yeah. All right. God is great sweatshirts. We got some left for the winter. God is great. We got the God bless beanies. These are comfortable. They're made in America. Get yourself a black beanie, a blue beanie. Get yourself a sweatshirt. They're very, very comfy. I know you'll like it for years to come. And whenever advertisers act up or act crazy, I could always fall back on that if it makes enough. If not, then I have to do other things, but appreciate you guys. I'm going to take off. God bless you. God bless your family. God bless America. God bless the world. This has been dream rare podcast. Let me know in the comments what you think. Um, overall, I think it's healthy for people to disagree on certain topics, but you know, I've made, I just want to be very clear because it always gets misconstrued when it comes to other countries. Personally, I think a healthy America, you should be allowed to disagree with our government. You should be allowed to disagree with the left, the right. You should be able to question Israel-Palestine conflict and Russia-Ukraine as long as you're intelligently talking about it. I mean, even if you're not, you have the First Amendment right to be dumb. Um, not saying you are. You get what I'm saying? Like, it, I believe in the First Amendment. At the same time, America has a really weird track record in foreign policy. Like, for example, if you look at Iran, it's like we don't like Iran now in America. But if you look at the last good leader of Iran, I'm pretty sure America and Israel were involved in like getting them out or at least like disapproved of who they had in there. The last Shah and there was the revolution from decades ago that I think the CIA has admitted to intervening in like it's public documents now. It's not even like a conspiracy theory. They like put it out there in the media. So it's like America has this weird thing of like there'll be a country like Iran and it's like Iran won't be like extremely Muslim and then America gets involved and then it becomes extremely Muslim and then we complain about how Muslim it is and it's like I'm not a self-hating American where I blame us for everything everything's not our fault but a lot of things really are our fault in the sense of like we really are meddling all over the place like if you look at a lot of the terrorists that we complained about 10 years ago we were arming them 30 years ago with the Mujahideen and all this. So it's like we're constantly kind of getting involved in situations and then complaining about the outcome. So I think people should be allowed to question what's going on um, without being smeared and called a bunch of names. But I think in the Republican Party, I'm just being very clear. I don't care which foreign countries people like and they want to support. I think that that's healthy for any country to have an opinion. But what I learned about the Republican Party was America is not first. There's another country that comes first. And I'm not saying this from a hateful perspective. Trump admits it. Nikki Haley talks about it all the time. It's clear. It's clear what country comes before America. And that country comes before everything. Every value that you think you have, that usually comes first. Or it's like, we believe in the right to protest, except when it comes to that country. We agree with your right to free speech, except for that country. We don't believe in hate speech laws, except for that country. We don't want to exaggerate with words and pass them into legislation, except for that country. And it's like, that's a common trend. And people like Ben Shapiro are out here. It's like, if you even have a question about this stuff, or you're even like questioning the narrative, they hate it. So it's like, you know, a lot more people are figuring this stuff out and, um, you know, it's been, I think, swept under the rug and just kind of like, no, don't, you know, it's, and it's like, I mean, I'm fine with you liking that country. I'm fine with you even funding that country with my taxpayer dollars. Although I just don't want to be called a hate monger if I think you shouldn't give our taxpayer money to every country in the world. But in general, it's like the least I ask for is to not 
have hate speech rules passed by Republicans in America, but apparently that's too much to ask for. So that's kind of like my line is like, can you do this without negatively affecting the country that you're supposed to be serving or doing things that are hypocritical to your agenda? And if you can't, it's it's natural for Republican conservatives to have an opinion about it. But, you know, the Republican Party is trying to build, I think, a situation where you can't really disagree. But that's all kind of falling apart because with the Internet and social media and podcasting, everybody kind of has a way to, to get their voice out there. And, you know, it's not the days of you need Fox News to like get aired. So I think you know, Tucker Carlson showing he's a very big critic of the war. I mean, he doesn't go like super far on a lot of topics, but some topics he does. Everybody has a passion. And Tucker showed that he doesn't need the news to stay relevant and talk about what he wants to talk about. Candace has proved that lots of people have people like Andrew Tate, like you don't have to agree with him or believe him, but there's a lot of streamers out there, YouTubers or rumblers or whatever you want to call it, who have successfully shown that they don't need um, you know, people's approval, even someone like Joe Rogan, he, he was questioning the pharmaceutical narrative. They hated that, but he signed a deal with Spotify and he's, he's very valuable. So, you know, it's a nice time where even though people disagree on certain topics, the smears and the censorship is not going as far as it did four years ago. Some people are upset at that. Others see that as a huge win in America, kind of getting back to its core values, including someone like Elon buying Twitter and allowing more conversation. He did a great job with Twitter. I don't care what anyone says. I've seen it. It's not an opinion like that. I'm just basing it off faith in him or anything. It's nothing to do with faith or believing everything he said, but like Elon bought Twitter. I saw what he did. I saw who he brought back. I saw how he opened up the algorithm and uh, it, it, it's truly remarkable. It's making a huge difference um, in like a public forum discussion. So um a lot of good things have happened getting back to the roots of America. And I do think that a lot of left-wingers and people that are traditionally hypocritical, they're running out of room because it's like there's so much competition that eventually people will find something more authentic and organic. Let me know what you think. God bless you. God bless your family. God bless America. God bless the world. Have a beautiful day and check out dreamrare.com. We have black hats, blue hats, and we have sweatshirts. God is great sweatshirts. Very comfortable. Check it out. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Have a beautiful day. Hey, what's going on, my friends? Just a few ways to stay in touch and support if you'd like to. The first way is dreamrare.com. We have blue beanies, black beanies, pink hats, other colored hats, freedom versus tyranny shirts, stay blessed long sleeve, God is great long sleeve, and lots of more cool items coming soon. Dreamrare.com. Check out the shop to support. Everything's made in the United States. Handpicked by me. Patreon.com slash rare talk for $5 a month. You can help support me. Support the show. If you haven't noticed, unlike other channels, I don't work with very many sponsors, sometimes none at all. And part of the way I'm able to do that is with the dreamrare.com shop and patreon.com slash rare talk. So thank you guys for keeping this show free, unimpeded, uninterrupted. I'm forever grateful. My free email list is stayintouchwithme.com. So check the links below in the description or just type in on any browser, stayintouchwithme.com, all one word. You'll find my email list, put it in there, and it's the least annoying email list you'll ever be on. I barely use it because I don't like getting emailed every day or every week week it's annoying so I don't do it stay in touch with me.com it helps me take back some power away from big tech telegram t.me slash dream rare chat or at dream rare chat due to censorship I post all my live stream and videos there sometimes I have some bonus content and I try to give people a heads up when Facebook or YouTube won't 
dream rare chat at telegram my instagram is at dream rare thanks for everybody following there for shorter content and dreamrarelinks.com that's dreamrarelinks.com has all my stuff my podcast on spotify apple Podcasts, my music on spotify and apple my rumble page my bit shoot and gab page all my links are found at dreamrarelinks.com thanks for watching folks god bless you you already know i'll be back with more content